0: This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network.
1: There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. This September, Share Charlotte is shining a spotlight on organizations that are dedicated to protecting our planet. These nonprofits are creating a zero-waste, low-carbon future so our rivers, land, and wildlife keep thriving. And you can join them by going to Share Charlotte's Environmental Sustainability event on September 27th. You'll learn new ways to go green and network and connect to support these nonprofits. We're joined by one of those organizations now, and you're probably already familiar with it, even if you don't realize it. The Catawba Lands Conservancy and Carolina Thread Trail. CEO Bart Landis and volunteer Larry Humbert are with us now. So, Bart, welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you. Uh, Let's talk about your organization. What is the overall goal and mission of the Catawba Land Conservancy and the
0: Carolina Thread Trail? We say that we are saving land in connecting lives to nature. And the saving land portion is conservation. Connecting lives to nature is the trail portion, but they go together very well because people who hike trails like to be out in the green spaces and the people who conserve land like to go out and hike.
1: So your background is in nonprofits. Um, what, What drew you to this organization?
0: I was very lucky to have uh, an experience growing up that allowed me to be outdoors a lot and to get, be on trails a lot and it was because I lived in a small town and um I could wander anywhere and so I did. Uh and both of my uh grandparents owned farms so I had a lot of time outdoors there as well. And then I came to Charlotte and my kids grew up here and it was very very different. Uh and so I've had this uh, career in nonprofits and um when this opportunity came available to me, it was an opportunity for me to provide the legacy for my grandchildren that I could not provide to my children.
1: Got it. And so now that you've been there, how long have you been with them?
0: Four and a half years.
1: Okay, awesome. Uh, What has your experience been like so far?
0: It's been great. It's really wonderful work. Um, And you'll get to hear from Larry in a minute, and he'll tell you exactly what it's like. But uh, we are in the great Uh, position of holding a lot of land that we conserve and helping municipalities build trails. We actually have built all the trails that we can build. So we are uh, a helping agency as much as we are a conserving agency. And that opportunity to do this work across our platform of 15 counties and 88 municipalities is really uh, a wonderful opportunity to do this great collaborative work.
1: So Catawba, um, is that along the river, all those counties?
0: That's where the name comes from, is the Catawba River Basin. Uh, but the uh, conservation footprint for us is six counties, and the trail footprint is 15. And that has to do with how land trusts uh, divide up who's uh, in charge of which county.
1: So um, how, so six counties, that sounds like a, a lot. Where I'm guessing Mecklenburg is part of that, obviously. Yeah, Mecklenburg,
0: Gaston, Lincoln, Catawba, Airedale. Cabarrus, and Union. And so you work with all these local governments, and then also who else? Well, we have wonderful volunteers like Larry, uh, and we also uh, have a lot of uh, landowners who have been kind enough to donate land or to sell it at a reduced price. And then we have many, many donors who've made it possible for us to do all this good work.
1: Yeah. So the goal is to um, maintain land, meaning like not have it be built on?
0: That's the best of all worlds, yes.
1: Best of all worlds. Uh, So tell me, Larry, why did you join and why do you volunteer?
2: I got involved with the uh, Carolina Thread Trail about five years ago now. And um, I've been, uh, like Bart mentioned, I've been outdoors pretty much my whole life and have done a ton of hiking and backpacking. And, um, you know, these trails don't build themselves. They don't maintain themselves. And it seems only right that if I'm going to be out using them, that uh, I should play a role in helping to uh, to maintain them. There's a lot of people that really like to have trails built. Um, and while that's difficult, probably the more difficult part is maintaining them. And so having people out there to make sure that they're safe, to make sure that, that people of all abilities are able to get out and enjoy nature is a, is a big part of, uh, of why I've gotten involved.
1: So, I'll admit I'm not much of a hiker. Um, I'm a city person, very much so. I'm probably like your kids, (laughs) Bart. Um, So what do these trails look like if I'm going to be walking? Are they trails like uh, with like sidewalk cement or are they trails like nature intended and then you're just like keeping, maintaining, keeping grass and stuff like that, clearing areas?
2: The ones that I do most work on are what we would call natural surface trails, dirt and maybe a little bit of gravel. Um, And the maintenance involves cutting back a lot of brush so that uh, the trails are wide enough. Oftentimes, uh, using chainsaws and other saws to take trees off that have fallen down, Um, re-digging or or actually moving the trail somewhere else because of a lot of water, removing rocks, uh, taking care of erosion issues, maybe building a bridge here and there. So it, it's a really a wide variety of, of
0: activities that can be involved in, in trail maintenance. Excuse me, but you can tell Larry does the hard stuff, but we also have trails that are on sidewalks. Um, so it's a little of both.
1: It's a little bit of, of both. Yeah. Um, when you talk about these trails, um, develop I guess developing or building them, I mean, is there a, a map? Is there a guide for people to to find them?
0: There's a map online, carolinathreadtrailmap.org, and it's an interactive map, so you can click on where you might want to go, and the uh, trail will come up. Um, But there's also uh, a master map. There's 400 miles of trail on the ground, but there's a 1,600-mile network planned, so you can also go see where the network's going to be eventually.
1: Okay. And so at some day... What? How long is that plan? Is it a 10-year plan? Is it a 20-year plan? Is it's it- going
0: to take a while. It's probably more like a 40-year plan.
1: A 40-year plan. Yeah. Okay. So luckily you have all the land that you need to make that possible? Not yet. Oh, you don't? No. Okay. That's why it's a
0: 40-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> we could do it a lot quicker if we already had the land.
1: Okay. And so is that part of your job then is is going out and, and meeting the landowners, figuring out?
0: Part of it, Yeah. That, The way this works is that, again, on the land that we own, that are part of the network, we've built the trails that we can. Uh, What's going on now is these municipalities are doing this work. Um, The small ones don't have staff that do this on a regular basis. So a lot of our job is to help them do that because we do it all the time. They do it very little. Um, Some of these uh, small towns have five, six people on their whole staff. Uh, And so we've got five people do nothing but trails. Uh, And they are an opportunity. Um, We also have folks on the conservation side who will talk about parks, because again, a tiny little town won't have a parks director. They'll have somebody who does that, but they won't have a parks director. So our job is often um, to advise and to help out as much as anything else. And it's usually they who are purchasing land and uh, uh, planning the building of the trails.
1: So you see you have have five people that that's all they do is trails. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what does that mean? All they do is trails.
0: Mostly this advice. Um, advice. But they have the capacity um, and Larry's been out there with them. Mm -hmm. They can build a trail. Um, They can plan and design a trail. We have two of them who were city planners before they came to our staff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And another who was a conservationist before he came to our staff. And so they have a lot of background and skills to help make this happen. And then we have volunteers like Larry to help make it happen as well
1: for people like myself who don't fully understand all the work and, and what happens, um, you know, when people are building and and there's more cement going up, all that kind of stuff, that affects the green space, even if it's not right next to the green space.
0: Yeah. The way we try to describe um, the conservation part of our work is that uh, it's not that we want uh, growth to stop. It's that we want it to be managed well So that all of us have a better quality of life. Um, and, um, the, uh, there are good methods for that. And again, part of our job is to advise on that. And, uh, I'll give you an example, um, that's current, um, the river district going in uh, west of the airport between the airport and the river. Uh, it's a very large development and they're going to keep several hundred acres, uh, green. And so we're working with them to help them manage that green space because they are uh, quite clear with us that they want to do that, but that's not their expertise. And so they asked us to help them with that. Uh, But in less dramatic circumstances, we'll often advise, again, municipalities, wouldn't it be great if you had a park here instead of more houses? And here's why, Uh, more impervious surface, which is roofs and uh, roads and Uh, sidewalks will mean that uh, you're going to have really bad stormwater runoff and this creek over here is going to flood everything. Uh, So planning for those kinds of events and using conservation as a tool to make their town a better place to live.
1: And do you find that maybe some of these smaller places Are understanding or open to to your expertise? Because I I would think that there, you know, there's this push and pull of we want to we want to grow, and we all are growing. I mean, we see it every day, Um, and we want to have economic development, but at the same time, uh, we don't want to give up, you know, what we've we've enjoyed for so long.
0: That's right, and and uh, we're very much in favor of both of those things. Um, And uh, what we try to convince folks is it's not an either or; it's a both and you can have good growth and you can have great conservation and they go together, tell the truth, because uh, it's very difficult to build in a floodplain. It's very difficult to build in an area that because of the building will later flood. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't want those things. And so being thoughtful about that kind of work actually is quite helpful to the people who are making those decisions. And what we try to do is to provide information to them to say, have you thought about this? Have you considered this task? Um, The most dramatic example of that is that when you're uh, trying to do that balance between development and conservation, uh, frequently people talk about roads and schools because they know that those are costs that are going to come along with the development. What they often don't recognize is that there's a water cleaning cost from a development because all that water running off has to be cleaned in order for us to drink it. And Mount Nile Lake, which is our water source, is the water source for 10% of the North Carolina population. Uh, and if we foul it, it's cost money to clean it. And uh, we recently had an opportunity to use um, a tool that we helped develop that estimates the cost of cleanup after the development. And for this particular, it was a large development. The answer was $11 million was the cost. Uh, and so you have to balance those things out. You're getting tax revenues, but you're also creating new costs, roads, schools, water cleanup.
1: So if I'm a city manager, that's that that's you're talking my language because I'm understanding, oh gosh, okay. Um I get this in tax revenue maybe or 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 any kind of tax revenue yeah. versus what I'll have to pay out if we have to continue yeah. for
0: city manager, public officials, all the people who have to uh evaluate those and vote on them.
1: Yeah. Um, so, Larry, you're like shaking your head, right? You, right. You no, understand I, all of this. Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: I do. Uh, in addition to the thread trail, I do work with another trail organization that is in the more mountainous, rural parts of the state, and what we hear more and more from communities in those areas is that really want trails to come through their community as an economic development issue. Mm -hmm. These These are communities that have lost jobs to textile problems and all types of things. And I think now small communities are really seeing the benefit of having trails, more tourists, more activity, businesses, breweries, and things that oftentimes will spring up around trails. And so they're motivated uh really very much from from an economic development as well as a conservation and uh and gives a, an opportunity for people to get out in nature.
1: So it sounds like the volunteer work that you're doing of clearing and that sounds like really hard work. Um
2: it, yep. It is. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But you enjoy it.
2: I do. I do. I um you know, as I said before, I hike a lot and um, I've hiked on trails a lot that are very poorly maintained and it just makes it that uh, that much more difficult. Um, I remember uh, when I lived up in the Indianapolis area before I moved down here, uh, there was a state park that was close to where we lived and we were out at that state park a lot. And it's six or, six or seven trails that were very, very nice. Um, one particular trail was what I know now, built in the wrong spot, and it flooded, uh-huh. it was muddy, it was boggy for a, a real long section of the trail. And I remember one Sunday, we were out there and saw two older folks, and which I th- assume were grandparents with their grandkids coming down this trail. And the little boy was very, very excited. Um, but they got to this muddy, boggy area, and the grandfather couldn't make it through or couldn't work around and they had to go back. Mm. Um, and I remember kind of the disappointment on uh, on their faces about not being able to to access this trail. Um, and so I think a lot of times people think of trails as way up in the mountains, Appalachian yes. Trail, yeah. backpacking, right. heavy stuff. Um, but most of the stuff that the Carolina Threat Trail does are what you would call community and urban trails. Uh, when I'm out working on the South Fork Trail, I see older folks with walking sticks. Uh, there's a woman out there that has a stroller, a baby in a stroller that goes, uh, goes up and down the trail. Um, and so we have to do, I guess what I feel is a little more extra maintenance right. for trails that have those kinds of users so that they're safe and that people will continue to, to come out.
1: Talk about the other volunteers that you're, cause you're not doing this by yourself. No. So it takes a team. Uh, what is that? Just meeting other like-minded folks who feel as passionate as you do.
2: I, I think it's great. I think that's another reason why I've gotten involved with the, with the thread trail. And um, there are folks that are also avid hikers, kayakers um, feel a sense of, of needing to give back to, uh, to the community. And uh, it's a great, great group of people to, uh, to work with and, uh as you said before, it's, it's very hard work. You get real dirty, you get real sweaty, you get hurt every once in a while. Uh, and so, um, there's not many folks that would, you know, volunteer to do that. Um, so it's, it's a great, uh, sort of close knit group of folks.
1: Well, I think there might be some more people that want to help out. So after this break, we'll, we'll tell them, um, how they can be a part of it.
2: Where do you turn to stay in touch with the city around you? Broadcast news isn't what it used to be, and commercial radio doesn't scratch that itch. If only there was one place you could get it all, when you want, wherever you want, on your schedule, there is the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city on your schedule at queencitypodcastnetwork.com, and everywhere you get your podcasts,
1: Were talking about trails, and you're saying Little Sugar Creek is a big one.
0: It's a very long trail now. It goes from Noda all the way to the state line down by Pineville. And so it's 18 miles long. And so now, in addition to walkers and strollers, there's bikers because bikers don't go for two mile rides, they go for 20 mile rides. But now, if they go down and the back, they've done 36.
1: Wow. I I'm also thinking of runners if they're the marathoners.
0: Lots of runners go out. There's a group that goes out regularly that last weekend had 200 people out. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when that's that's what you get if if we work with you guys.
0: You know, like Larry was saying, it builds community. It's really pretty remarkable how people gravitate to those opportunities and then once they're there, they gravitate to each other.
1: Yes. So let's talk about some of these opportunities and events that you guys are having um, are coming up. So what's what's um, on the calendar?
0: We've got a couple of fun things coming in the fall. We have something we call our pop up picnic and it's on the um, 21st of October. It's an afternoon into early evening event. It's a big picnic and there'll be music. There'll be games for kids. Um, a lot of fun. It's uh, at the Metropolitan, uh, which is right on the Little Sugar Creek Trail. And then in December for the trail geeks like Larry and me, there's the trail forum, which is all about uh, designing, developing, building, maintaining trails. And so it's engineers and it's landscape people and it's people who build bridges and all that kind of stuff. And so anybody who's got that kind of interest, the trail forum is on the 5th of December, but it's mostly people who are in the trade.
1: Got it. So do you attract students as well? Who some, are in the process?
0: Some, yeah. Uh and uh our keynotes tend to be very good. And the um one for this year is somebody who talks about building community. So
1: building community yeah. through this work. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're planning it, that's what you're thinking about as well. Yeah. Right. Um, so you're saying geeks, people who really like who <laughs> are really into it, really into the nitty-gritty of yeah. how we make okay. this possible. Yeah. Um and then uh if people want to volunteer. Uh, what do, where do they go? What do we, where do we find that?
0: Best thing, um, you know, if you can track down Larry, that's good, but, uh, it's easier (laughs) if you just, if you just go to the website, Carolina Thread Trail or Catawba Land's Conservancy, each each of those will get you to the site. And then there's a volunteer section. And so you can see volunteer opportunities. Some of them, again, are very difficult, like Larry describes, but some of them are simply walking along the trail to pick up trash.
1: Okay, I can do that. Yeah, okay. I can yeah. do that. I don't think I'm cutting things down or, or, or moving brush, but I can, I can definitely pick up trash.
0: And we'll occasionally actually have work in one of our preserves as well, which is more of the conservation focused work. But the uh, trails, to Larry's point earlier, take a lot of maintenance. And so we have a lot of uh, efforts on that front.
1: And so if I go to your website, It sounds like I can find where all these trails are. There's
0: two things you want to look for. There's a volunteer tab, and there's also an events tab. And either of those would be a good way to find out uh, what are the opportunities.
1: And then I'm also guessing you can always use
0: donations. We can always use donations. Land is expensive. Um, Trails need to be maintained. There's lots to be done.
1: Yeah. So that can also be found through the website as well. It can,
0: and we would love for people to do that.
1: For, to do that and then I guess there's ways to set up trust and do all that kind of stuff
0: too sure thing if anybody wants to <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> bring it
1: okay so we don't have to track down Larry we can go uh, to the website no. <laughs> we find all that stuff. Um, and and so so those are two big events that are coming up um, but I'm guessing you have events all year
0: round we do and again those will be on the website okay. um, and you can sign up if you if you're interested you can sign up to get a regular email notification about things that are coming down the pike as well as just news generally
1: Uh for people who um, are, are sitting here now being like, oh, I, I think I might do this, or whatever. What do you want to – what is your final hook? What do you want to tell them to, to, to make that extra search right now and, and go on?
0: Do you know, um, one of the things that there's a lot of research on now is that you literally feel better if you go outside. It's a health thing as much as it is anything else. And so the opportunity to volunteer is great, but you'll feel better. Okay. To, to me, that's the big thing.
1: Well, I'm looking at Larry and I feel like you're a perfect testament to that. Uh, well,
0: yeah, no, it,
2: it is. And I, I think as Bart had mentioned before too, I think the other reason why I've gotten involved and why I think other people should get involved is, um, it's kind of an opportunity to leave a legacy. You know, mm-hmm. these are trails that, uh, were here long before us. Um, we've improved them. We've helped them maintain them. Uh, and it's our, my, my goal to make sure that these trails are around for a generation or two to become. Barden mentioned before about the network of trails that are there. And if you look at the map, there are lots of sections where they do connect, mm-hmm. but there's lots of sections where they don't. And as he mentioned before, it's probably not going to all get done in our lifetime. Um, but if we can sort of be good stewards of, uh, of the cause that we have right now, um, then it's an opportunity to leave a legacy for future generations. And, and I think, I think, uh, that's another reason why, why folks can volunteer.
1: I think that's important to add to the history of it all. I mean, back in the day, there weren't cars. There weren't, you know, we, we did walk a lot of places. Right. And, um, so these trails, um, predate a lot of the stuff that we're seeing right now um, and so I one just- of the
2: trails that I work on over in um is a trail that was that the Union soldiers came up mm-hmm. and burned a bridge um, to keep the Confederates from going across it they've also found some Indian uh, artifacts along there so these are there's there's a sort of a cultural history aspect to, to some of these trails as well, rather than just being out to, to walk in the woods.
1: Right. But you you sort of get connected to the land, you get connected to other people, and that that's that health benefit that we're talking about.
0: Larry too. hit on a couple of interesting things. One is there's a big historical part to all this. Mm-hmm. One of the things about the trail network is it goes to historical spots. Um, and so there's an opportunity to learn history while you're doing it. The other one that Larry was talking about is the legacy. When, when complete, this will be the second largest trail network in the United States. Um, And that will be a marker for our region. People, well, since I've lived here, which is 37 years now, people always say to me, what's the big thing about Charlotte? And there isn't a big thing about Charlotte except for quality of life. We have wonderful quality of life. And you've probably seen many people get transferred here complaining about how they hate it here and they want to go back and then when they're transferred back they say I don't want to go and it's because of the quality of life and that uh, network will create an even higher level of quality of life and it makes you feel better and you get to learn history and you get to learn botany and biology and all kinds of other good stuff
1: oh that's a good point too all the all the plants and things that you're encountering along the way sure um and and doing it in a way that yeah that's sustainable and good for for the environment well thank you both for being here Um, For our listeners, if you know someone else like Bart or Larry who are doing good in our community, let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or X, whatever it's called now. Or go to Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. A big thanks to Share Charlotte. Make sure you use the hashtag DoGoodCLT and head to ShareCharlotte.org to find nonprofits looking for your help. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it.
0: QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.